Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, living up to his name. Getting girls outside of the world and putting them to his brain. His scrotum. The brain below. That's what I call my scrotum. I thought the you were going to rhyme. The brain below. You really could have rhymed Ghislaine in there, but you, you didn't Ghislaine, go Ghislaine, you're right. Yeah. Missed opportunity. I'm not a freestyler. I'm nothing. <laughs> Uh, this is House of Decline. This week, it's Election Welcome. Squad Special. Woo! We have <laughs> Steven, as always. Mm -hmm. And uh, a special guest, first returning guest to the pod, Steve. Yay, I'm important. Welcome, uh, Steve. And this, th this week, we are tapping Steve for his wrestling expertise, as uh, we're going to be looking through some recent news through the lens of the Baudrillard-like kayfabe system. Yeah, I like to think that it gives me a, a good lens into politics mm -hmm. and helps you understand all the stuff that's going on these days. I mean, there's famous that famous footage of Donald Trump, you know, beaten down on. Who was which wrestler was he beaten on? Was he beaten on Vince McMahon? Yeah, so I think like what happened there was that was WrestleMania like 25, I think, and mm. they they were billing this show as like the Battle of the Billionaires, where. Um, I guess Vince McMahon and Donald Trump both had surrogate wrestlers. Mm -hmm. uh, Vince McMahon's wrestler was this guy whose name I forgot, who has since died from a heart attack at a young age, as most wrestlers do. Yeah, their hearts and, explode. Yeah, yeah, their hearts explode from all the roids. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think just in the middle of the match, it was just billed that, uh, or it was booked that Trump would just go and tackle Vince McMahon and supposedly he threw very stiff punches and actually hurt Vince McMahon. Uh, <laughs> and then at the end of the match, uh, it was a hair versus hair match. So uh, Vince McMahon got his head shaved by Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually watched it once and it is a very bad match. And Donald Trump was not a good actor back then. And he did a very bad job with all of it. Yeah. Well, he's not he's not a graceful man, you know. In a, wrestling requires a ballet-like ability to move one's limbs in in a convincing way. Yeah, but and, I think at the same time like since then he's definitely um he's definitely grown at being at being able to, you know, have the crowd in the palm of his hands and yeah. kind of read the room and just be charismatic in general. Yeah, Donald um, Trump's affect is very much the affect of a wrestler doing mic work, you know. Mhm. Mm yeah, I mean, a lot of people say that he learned a lot, like while doing that angle at WWE, and that mm -hmm. is perhaps one of the reasons why he is so effective at being the the heel political wrestler person that he is today. Yeah, exactly. So, what's your prediction, Steve? Well, you got an electoral number, you got a number in mind, or just sort of uh, one or the other? So, my prediction is that. It's going to be really close, and it's going to come down to the Supreme Court and um, uh -oh. what's her face, the new Supreme Court justice with all the, the letters. Amy Baron Komen. Yeah. yeah. Amy, Amy, Amy Comey Borat. Amy Cohen. Amy Cohen Baron. Yeah. Amy Deus Ex uh, Vagina. Amy Baron Cohen. Yeah. Sasha Coney yeah. Sasha Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Coney Island. Amy Coney Island. <laughs> yeah. It is it is my prediction that it's gonna come down to the wire and ABC is gonna be 
in a room with Biden and Trump holding a steel chair. And at the last second, she's going to have a face turn and smash Trump over the face Man. with said chair. Well, I think Biden's going to win uh, by 305 electoral votes. Think you think he's going to get 305 or win yep. by 305? It's going to get 305. Okay. Okay. So what's, uh, what are the swing states that you're predicting? Um, Does Trump's, he win Ohio? Uh, no, Trump wins Ohio. Um, Biden, Does he win Michigan? No, Biden wins Michigan. He doesn't Michigan. win Michigan. Biden wins Michigan. Michigan. Do you think he's going to win Pennsylvania, though? Because that's hard to know. That's hard to know. I, that I, is, yeah. I no, think, I think he's got a he's got enough goodwill from his Granton days that I think he will decisively win Pennsylvania. I don't. Well, I, the Pennsylvania is going to take a while. It's yeah. going to take a while to know. But I think Biden may win Pennsylvania. You know yeah. what's a, an insane thing that is all on liberal Twitter, which is like, we're going to get Texas. Yeah. We're going to get Texas, you guys. What the fuck is that? I don't know. What fucking crazy ass fantasy? It's like not only are you not going to get Texas, you are going to lose far more of the Latino vote because you know Trump. You know I don't think I can say the word gusano. I think it's the hmm. it's the uh, equivalent to saying uh, Uncle Tom, but that's who Trump's Latin voters are. You know, uh, very spiteful people that hate illegal immigrants because they think they make the less uh, the rest of Latino people look bad. You know. And so that's a very powerful vote he's got. It's very conservative-leaning uh, culture. Catholics, too. So you know they love Amy Comey Bobo. <laughs> so do you not believe the uh, the statistical polling stuff that says that? Or at least on I didn't believe. I mean, if there's anything from last election, it's like, no, the opposite. <laughs> I mean, mm. not necessarily, though, because I feel like the whole point of... I guess like what 538 does is they play around with probabilities. And in the last election, I think on election day, Trump had something like a 30% chance of winning, which is, you know, it's still something. Yeah. That means that like one out of three times that, that they do this, he's going to get elected. And, you know, unlikely things happen all the time. So Yeah, but that was on election day. I remember because I was following it desperately at the time because <laughs> it's like, I have faith in the numbers. I'm listening to the pod save guys. Everything's going to be okay, right? Everything's going to be okay. Okay, the pod save was... guys weren't around then. No, they were. It was called Keeping it was... at 1600, and oh. I listened to it. And that's what, that is my coming to leftism moment. Because, so my, my, all, my general political uh, affiliation was, I was a communist when I was a teenager to be a contrarian. Yes. Then I was a libertarian to be a contrarian. Yes. And then I was a liberal because I just started believing in stuff and thinking, hey, Keynes, which is you taught me about, Steve. And then... Uh, <laughs> I mean, Keynes? Keynes. And then being being neoliberal, I carried that. You know, neoliberalism is fine, Torch, until the 2016 election when I was listening to the pod say, I loved Obama. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I love that guy. Hitting those threes. He's a beautiful guy. Yeah, he's a lovable guy. Yeah, an amazing guy. And I listen to all these staffers, and it's like, these are like the assistants to the guy. These are like the Jimmy Olsons, you know? I'm listening to the Jimmy Olsons of politics give their informed technocrat takes. And then when everything fell apart, I heard them give their piss baby mea culpa about, uh, well, we didn't know the numbers. The numbers were off. And I was like, you, you. And now I'm a communist again, just as I was as a teenager.
Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the the model that you're looking at in 2016. Like, I, I definitely remember seeing some models like the New York Times and the Economist who are all like, oh, Hillary's going to win 95% sure, no contest, done deal. And I think, you know, those people are criminally irresponsible because in a lot of ways in projecting all that confidence, they probably convinced a lot of people not to vote. And I think at very least the 538 model is like, well, you know, he's probably not going to win, but we can't know for sure. And uh, I think he, I think Nate Silver on like 538 was actually, uh, actually took the current model and projected like, okay, what happens if we have a polling error the same size as 2016? And mm -hmm. I believe Biden still takes it still yeah so they have to be more wrong than they were in 2016 yeah uh, which you know can definitely happen like 10 out of 100 is still it's still possible i was uh, seeing yeah. i was seeing that for phone polling they're getting a one percent response rate so which is means the phone polling is not probably not pretty accurate um but hopefully they are being able to poll in other ways with the texting and the computers and the and the yeah, you know, to I don't know. Uh, just there was an article that I read. I forget what it was, but it was like uh, Biden staffers fear ill omen of low turnout amongst black and Latino voters. And I think that that sort of uh, I think that is a very ill omen because um, polls are one thing. But if those demographics are depressed, Especially like states like North Carolina, which Biden could win, coasting on the you know Obama goodwill amongst a certain uh, black population there, uh, as well as you know the 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 idea that he's going to win Texas is that he, you know he's got the Latin vote in the bag, right? But you know that's proving not to be true, as a lot more Latin men are are voting uh, conservative. I don't know. I I, don't know. I think I think Trump, man. I think it's. I think it might be happening. No, I don't think so. I'm gonna because you two are both Biden. I'm gonna be the contrarian approach. So we're gonna be right either way. Uh, I mean, I think gonna, to be, I'm girding my loins. To be clear, I'm, though, just because I think that 538 is probably semi-accurate in uh, in Trump and in, in their odds for Trump, given I guess that, like they're saying 10 out of 100. I don't think that necessarily means that the actual probability of Biden or Trump winning the election is that because I don't think this model takes into account any sort of rat fuckery that Trump is right. going to yeah. attempt to pull. So I think that easily gives Trump another like 20, 30 percent chance. Of <laughs> yeah. But the coronavirus with the, all the old people being pissed at him for not doing enough at coronavirus, that's going to depress Republican turnout as well. So they're, they're going to rat fuck their way back to even. <laughs> And but then, old people who vote for everybody. Biden needs old people too. It's, it's well, yeah. But the more old, old Trump won the old people in 2016. Yeah. He did it that. So. Uh, but we can't uh, we can't count on the youth vote. Maybe we can count on the no, youth you vote. I saw some encouraging numbers that said it, it was actually for some reason the kids are coming out for Biden more than they came out for Bernie. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well. Cause, cause kids don't, they don't like, what's a, what's a primary man? What, mm -hmm. why don't yeah. we just vote at the same, like vote for Bernie for the president? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it is kind of funny that all the messaging around voting was pretty absent in the primaries, and yeah. it only kind of came about in the last few months. Well, whenever anyone said go vote, uh, the Bernie people would scream at them that it was a pandemic. Like the he Diddy like, was silent. <laughs> that uh, Simone, what's her name, the Biden staffer, was telling people to go vote, and the Bernie people were screaming at her like, "It's a pandemic! No, don't go vote." They do so, mail-in ballots, but even though we see active evidence of mail-in ballots being suppressed, they, well, they, they didn't have the shit together for mail-in ballots for the primaries because mm-hmm. they were taking place like you know March, and I voted before lockdown in Michigan. I was like, the Michigan primary is like March 10th, and then we locked down the week after. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, now's a good time to take a little break in the show and talk about a special special offer that we have here at House of Decline. And if you just go to the website, uh, ronamerch.co, that's R-O-N-A-M-E-R-C-H dot C-O, you can find all kinds of masks and protective devices to your heart's content. Uh, Steve, uh, do you have anything you'd like to tell us about this uh, website, which, full disclosure, I believe it is your website, and uh, please take it away. It is, it is my website. Um, thank you, Stephen. That was the the best pitch of my website that I've heard thus far. Um, Co is a, a labor of love that I spent the last three months making. Uh, I actually think I talked about it a little bit on like the last time I was on, on the house. Yes, the Jewish episode, episode yeah, the, eighteen. The, the Jewish. <laughs> it's fully live and operational now. It's really a great website. The programming on the website, it's very entertaining. Um, just from like someone who's dabbled in a, a little web development, it's a very fun website to go on. Works perfectly on the mobile version. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I of course um, I love the tie into fastcashmoney.biz, which was a Fast, previous another another great, you, yeah. another Steve creation. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was very happy to uh, continue my my streak of weird websites that all relate to each other to kind of construct this. It's like a universe reality. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah the Stevie PXYZ universe. Yeah, I'm still trying to think of like a better name for. All of it, and I, I think PXYZ I should... is a good is a good uh, actual title. PXYZ, yeah. the PXYZ yeah, universe. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Pixes, you call it. Yeah, I mean, so I have so right now I have my fake fake news website. I have my cryptocurrency website. I have my social network, and I have my sleazy e-commerce mm. store. So now. I'm trying to figure out what my next project should be. Is the, Maybe, the the news website? Is it fake bullshit news dot is it dot info or? No, it's just uh, fake bullshit dot news. You oh, fake bullshit create, dot news. You okay. need to create like a TikTok, except instead of uh, people dancing, they're just like uh, talking about. They're just, they're just reading Holocaust testimonials. Oh, wow. Mm. I suppose mm. that was. Did you ever see that genre of TikTok video that became popular where people were dressing up as Holocaust survivors? Mm-hmm. No, that sounds pretty yeah. fucked up. Yes, yep. it was. It was trauma porn. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was with that. But uh, 
You know, I think your your Rona merch, RonaMerch.co, R-O-N-A-M-E-R-C-H.co. Well, it's like a piece of art that you can actually buy things from, and you know, that's great. You Quick can't buy the art. I've, I've I've paid these guys a lot of money to be plugging this shit out of. My He's website. paid us yeah. all of his all of his schmeckles. I'm sitting yeah. on a golden dildo right now. <laughs> yes, the golden schmeckles. Uh, yeah. Schmeckle being the Jewish word for small penis. Yeah, so so far I've sold six pieces of merchandise and only four of them were sold to myself. So I need mm-hmm. to I need to hit my sales goals for the quarter. So well, we're gonna have it. special limited limited time offer House of Decline whenever I get around to designing yeah, it. Yeah, we'll have our own uh, masks that you can buy. And I know I need a new mask because my mask is getting stinky, garlic breath, gross mm-hmm. salad dressing. I should take it off when I eat more and not use it as a napkin for my disgusting face, Mm -hmm. but I gotta wear a mask all the time, even when I'm driving, even in the house that I haven't left for seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I wipe my ass, I even don't take when the you're mask eating, off. you know, yeah. you you can't, you have to keep your mask on when you're eating now. I mash it, it through. I just mash <laughs> it through like a sieve. Yeah, because I don't want that coronavirus to get no. into my body. Yeah, yeah. When you're making sense. sweet, sweet love, you have your mask on. Yeah. It's the only mask that allows you to eat mad puss <laughs> with your. Right. Your yeah, you could you could get the smiling eyes mask. So as you're as you're getting laid, your your partner knows that you're really smiling behind that mask. Yeah. Or just get a mask with a dildo affixed to the front. Yeah, they have. I've seen those in some yeah, of my in some of my researches. I've seen this mask there you with go. the dildo on front. Well, it's soon yeah. going to be on RonaMerch.co. Yeah. Guaranteed. The one thing I'm very disappointed about that project, though, was. Uh, Zazzle, which is the company that actually uh, <clears throat> that actually provides the the merchandise and manufactures them and handles all the shipping and payment and stuff, they, for some reason, most of their merchandise doesn't need to go through any sort of review process whatsoever. But the face masks have to go through a forty seven business day review. And after doing a lot of research, I found some posts on some bulletin board where. They were like, oh, well, we just want to, like, make sure no one's making light of the situation or spreading misinformation, at which point I was like, oh, fuck, that's the entirety of what I'm doing. So hopefully some of this gets approved. And, you know, I was actually pleasantly surprised that everything was approved except for the QAnon stuff. Yes. Which was actually, I was actually more impressed than anything else because that, I guess that's so Zazzle's a little, a little savvier than what mm. I was expecting. You gotta, you, we gotta create some new QAnon memes. Like, uh, uh, it, it's not called Adrenochrome. It's called uh, Child Juice. Yeah. Actually, I did have one Adrenochrome mask that got approved. I think I got that one over. That's okay. Oh, that's that's <laughs> good. That's a good one. It says uh, "crazy for Adrenochrome" and then has a, a chemical symbol. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it. And that's the fine, fine merchandise you can find out at R-O-N-A-M-E-R-C-H dot C-O, RonaMerch.co. It's RonaMerch.co. Yeah, part of the PXYZ universe of websites. Uh-huh. Uh, so, the other, I mean, the other the other part of your websites, which I actually do want to comment on, Steve, because uh-huh. I, I do think they are uh, pretty great. I, I am genuine my gushing over them, because I think they're wonderful. Uh, 
But I think it also speaks to also why we also why you're a wrestling fan and why we have you on to talk about kayfabe mm. and how it all ties into the election is this idea of simulacra and simulacrum and how um you know sort of it, it's like the concept of fried garfield memes you know those memes where it's just ultra surreal and they put like a very strange photoshop filter over a garfield or something like that Anyway, mm -hmm. but the yeah. idea is, you know, infinitely reproducing something until it's no longer recognizable as the thing. Yeah, no, so, I mean, I think as that, a vast simplification. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's like pretty, pretty accurate. And um, I think I've like we've talked a bit before about uh, Baudrillard, who I don't actually know that much about, but I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about him and Hell yeah. read a YouTube bunch of Wikipedia stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think he, he definitely, he still has this concept of the hyper-reality where you have, um, I guess, reality and the thing in itself, and then you have representations of reality. So if you have a tree that is actual reality, and then you have an artist who's drawing a picture of a tree, then, mm -hmm. you know, it's like maybe that picture is influenced by the artist's perception certain bits are emphasized and it's just a, it's a simulacra of the tree mm -hmm. but i think in you know modern consumer society and whatnot you have this kind of phenomenon where you end up with a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy and in mm -hmm. a lot of cases you end up with a a simulacra or a simulation of something that never really even existed in the first place. And I think one of the one of the things that I tried to do in all my projects is essentially just like construct this elaborate reality out of whole cloth mm. where mm. you have fake bullshit.news pumping all of the fake news articles and then the ads there linked to Friendworld, which is another website, friendworld.social, which is the at one point it was a real quote unquote real social network. Now it's another another fake one and on there you have lots of posters talking about the articles they're reading on fakebullshit.news and various conspiracy theories and 5g and plugging fast cash and then you hop on over to fast cash where you have lots of swirling colorful text trying to get you to buy this thing and then at the bottom of that there's a link to buy the merchandise then you hop on over to toronomerch.com and it's all very self-referential mm -hmm. and sort of like building this reality out of the mm -hmm. the the absurdist text and uh, yeah. images that are on there. Well, because the reality you're basing it on is the online reality. And yeah. so it represents a sub or shadow version of that. And that online reality is representative of... Uh, not really our actual reality, which is where it's funny. The online reality is sort of made up of whole cloth already out of ideas that come from, you know, that, that tree reality you mentioned before. Uh -huh. uh, but um, the, it doesn't actually, you know, exist in this sort of one-to-one -one ratio. You know, the online world is a virtual world wholly different from... The, um, you know the meat world yeah and I think like you're just mentioning sort of like the idea of kayfabe and I think that that's definitely one of the concepts that I like playing around with where yeah in in one sense the 
there's this sort of internally consistent universe that's being built, but that universe is living inside of the real universe and it's putting forth lots of ideas as, as tr it's putting forth this universe as true when in actuality it is, it is not true. And mm -hmm. in, in pro wrestling, you have this idea of kayfabe where um, there's like, similarly, they are also presenting this universe as true in a lot of ways, but in actuality, lots of it is uh, just completely fabricated. Mm -hmm. Do you think we could, uh, or at any point in the future, they will generate wrestling scripts with artificial intelligence? I think that would be very cool. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not very difficult, given that right. like a lot of wrestling is pretty, especially WWE, is just very formulaic. and That's how we got John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> he is a robot. He's a rapping robot. Yeah, nah, he's a lovely man. Maybe I don't know. John Cena, his politics are ambiguous. Most wrestlers are very conservative, except for Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah, I think like the Young Bucks are all pretty. Cons actually, I think they're just Christian. I don't know if they're actually conservative. But um, in AEW, the new actually they're not even new anymore. They're about a year old now. But um, I think a lot of the or at least some of them hail from the the sort of old territory wrestling system where like one of their main guys cody is uh who, whose brother is actually gold dust i know you like Alex. i love gold gold dust gold dust yeah. supports his trans son daughter yeah. i don't know but I'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> yeah so so it, it's really weird because i guess like he's half brothers with gold dust but his father was one of these old georgia wrestling people and was super conservative and apparently he's kind of conservative also and wwe obviously has vince mcmahon and linda mcmahon where linda is she's well in the trump administration yeah, she's like actually in the trump administration <laughs> and you know, just like Vince being like a ruthless capitalist himself and cutting deals with the Saudis. And... Well, that's what's crazy about also wrestling, too, is... Uh, and also, I don't know if Baudrillard anticipated simulacrums becoming so powerful that the meat reality starts flowing downstream from the electricity reality, you know? Yeah. Uh, which, which happens before, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, started playing the Mr. McMahon character and then actually just started becoming that in real life, you know. I uh, mean, I, I think it's actually, like, unclear because he seems like he legitimately was uh, or is a piece of shit human being just regardless yeah, of he, any character. Yeah. But I think that's the interesting thing is, like, you never, like, really know. I'm sure in a lot of ways it's sort of a two-way street where... He was kind of a piece of shit, and he started playing this guy on TV, and that started affecting his real-world persona, and then he kind of brought that back into his character, and I guess you tend to see that a lot with mm -hmm. various storylines kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we need to reform the media to once again only consist of long-form epic poetry. <laughs> so that, because if this drift is happening with all media then we need to, again, focus it only on battles and heroes. I would argue that's what CNN is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's what It's by, by Georgia-based performance artist Ted Turner. He wanted to see if he could generate 
total surreal nonsense. The guy's uh, name is Wolf Blitzer, you know? That sounds like a bad Allen Ginsberg poem. St- Steve, have you read uh, Girdle Escher Bach? By, no, uh, I never read the Hofst- Girdle Escher Hofst- Bach. Douglas Hofstetter. Is, doesn't he argue uh, that like fractals repeat in all sorts of things, and that's a, why they're cool? It's about the, um, the nature of intelligence and recursiveness, and how through... Some, there's something with recursiveness as that generates um, intelligence, um, and so you're talking about building this system from the ground up. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of that's kind of how I think of the internet as we're we're sort of and AI we're sort of in a recursive process to build a super intelligence that will be known as God in maybe one to two thousand years. Asimov. Um, and we are, the, in fact, the pre the precursors to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find any any contributions to the internet to be a holy endeavor. Yeah, I mean, I think that was actually one of my <laughs> original goals with the project, um, mainly because I guess like one of the things I'm most frustrated with while using the internet is you. I don't know. I think like originally the internet like did like the original intentions behind it were to make it more open and democratic and uh, decentralized. But I feel like, especially in recent years, you do sort of end up in this closed system of just the same old websites where you're kind of hopping back and forth between Twitter and Reddit and Facebook and Instagram, and they're linking you to the same news articles. And it just, it, you know, like it isn't really that democratic anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think the most, like honestly, the most interesting corners of the internet these days are these like weird scam websites and actual fake news websites that are pushing the weird scam websites. Where yeah. you're like, there's this one that I really like called 100percentfedup.com that has <laughs> in, like completely insane ads on it, and you click these ads that all I'm sure they must be like run by like the same company or something because you click mm-hmm. on one to one ad that is saying like oh well cure cure your tinnitus and there's this like hour-long youtube video that immediately starts auto-playing where the announce it's very literary actually but the announcer will just go on about like i never thought i'd hear my kids again as the doctor entered the room i was like terror completely took over me as i cried into her arms and blah 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 and then in an uplifting voice, the announcer will talk about how, oh, and you could actually cure your tinnitus with these three vegetables found on this remote Japanese island. And it's, mm. it's just like totally insane. But the funny thing is, um, if you go back to this fake news website, click on another ad, they'll use the exact same script, except for a totally different product where it's like there's, there's like some medical thing getting some character down and they're upset mm. at their doctor and then it turns out that there are these five vegetables from some japanese islands that'll <laughs> that'll cure all their their stuff and i don't know i mean i think like the whole thing is like totally absurd but it's like it, it, it's one of those things where like when you find it on the internet it definitely sparks joy in you that you just mm. found this totally stupid thing that i'm sure unfortunately is fooling a lot of old people into you just use the marie kondo phrase which is that's how you know it sparks (laughs) joy if you feel do you feel like a little nice japanese woman inside when you look at this 
There you go. There you go. I, I, I do no, but I do think it because it also um, captures the joy of that infinite reproduction and the idea of deconstructing and having something similar but varying each time and sort of descending spiral like or maybe ascending spiral like into you know a uh, reality made out of whole cloth of something that we once perceived before to be reality uh-huh. uh because reality is nothing more than a collective dream that we are having on zoom mm. there's uh, a funny funny picture of a halloween decorations of a, a skeleton outside on a front lawn sitting at a sitting at a desk uh in front of a laptop and uh blown up there was a picture of him on a zoom call with three other skeletons <laughs> good. That's a good uh, speaking of spooky halloween good news spooky. did you hear about the quebec murders yeah no what happened uh in quebec a guy a guy in a medieval costume killed two people with a katana and injured five other people they were wielding a japanese sword and in the news article i was reading about it um they were like i don't understand who could do this and just the details of medieval armor and katana is like I know exactly the type of person that did this. Yeah. I, know, <laughs> I know I know I could find I could have been this guy. <laughs> his Steam profile, I know which games he has. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> the the funniest part about that story to me is like you know there are a bunch of uh libertarian nut jobs who are getting hard reading this, talking about like, see, it's not only guns that kill people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh but, well, God. well, there's I've, on Twitter since I, I've now I have to unfollow all these conservatives that I was following in my fevered dream state <laughs> up to the election, because now they're all just getting pissed off about France. And I, was like, I, I don't care, because apparently people keep getting beheaded in France. And keep I getting the Armenians keep getting beheaded. No, French people keep getting beheaded because oh. the French are like un completely unapologetic about showing cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad. And uh, they keep getting beheaded. And the conservatives are like, it's just the worst thing in the world. And I'm just kind of done. When you said people keep getting beheaded in France. I thought you just meant in terms of like, because it's part of their culture. It is part of their <laughs> culture. That's Shoes what I on don't, the other foot now, Frenchman. That's what I don't understand. How do you like it? That's exactly why I don't understand the hubbub, because it's it's like, okay, uh, let's go back 200 years. A thousand people a week were getting beheaded in France. And <laughs> and, and the, 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 the successors to the, to the conservatives, or the precursors to the conservatives, the Jeffersonians, were 100% for it. So <laughs> they're just, just showing... Uh, Showing their their hypocrisy once again. Those Jeffersonians, yeah, the fools. Yeah, well, they uh, <laughs> they had their comeuppance when Napoleon abolished the Directory. Do you guys they think? Released... Pardon, you go, you go, Steve. I was I was going to ask if you guys thought that Trump is really this the Napoleon of our age. No, <laughs> I mean he hasn't really taken no. any land, so I don't think so. I mean, he's he not, hasn't taken any land, but I guess like a, a lot of people... He's been more aggressive in Yemen, I if, guess? If he went through with his Greenland plan and actually got Greenland from the Danes, then he would have been our Napoleon, but he he, he failed. Yeah, mm. I mean, not, not in that sense. I mean, more in the sense of you have this guy who comes into this old kind of decaying 
really intricate system and just sort of bulldozes over everything and clears the way for mm. the next thing that's gonna happen no i mean i don't think i well that metaphor to me is a little weird napoleon didn't uh, didn't come into an old decrepit institution i mean he he's he emerged from like a, a fairly recently created institution in the french revolution and but Trump's different. He's different than Napoleon. He's he is authoritarian. I got a cat. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, he's it's, authoritarian in a different way. But the thing that he affects, I mean, he does affect, you know, stuff in a material. Napoleon affected stuff way more materially than Trump did. You know, lots more borders were created because of Napoleon. You know, lots more resources were ratted. Lots more people were, frankly, murdered because of Napoleon. You know, I mean, uh, eh, I mean that's not a controversial statement. But uh, fucking uh, uh, Donald Trump, what he affects is mood more than anything else. He doesn't seem to affect his his presence looms large, not in a material sense, but rather in this emotional sense, and that's been his power. He, he like because you know I, I hear Michael Moore saying you know Donald Trump is a genius yes he is a genius in the sense of pathos you know he mm -hmm. he understands fundamentally what people want on like this visceral id level and knows the emotion buttons to push uh, with that shit and so when you have a reckoning of pathos then you have this amazing shift in the national mood which people say oh, we're more divided than ever. But I don't think it's about division necessarily. And it is about, I think, people seeing the artifice behind neoliberalism as manifested by this guy and choosing either the path of, you know, authoritarianism or maybe, you know, uh, providing for people. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, do you think that in... At very least, just bring all this stuff up to the surface, even if it was just—it's been like kind of bubbling around for a while. Do you think that that's? I think a, I don't know. Overall, a positive or a negative? And I don't know if there's like a right answer to this because it's something that like a lot of people have kind of asked over the last four years. Well, as we've said before, we're a Calvinist podcast, so everything is preordained. <laughs> so it's neither bad nor good, but it's the will of God. It just right. is, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean bringing populist i think it's really what he's doing is bringing populism to the forefront um on both sides which depending on your outlook i mean it can be good or bad it it's it's more dangerous populist um populism can be very dangerous that's why people are so apprehensive about it um well yeah that was a hallmark of Mussolini's fascists and uh, Hitler's fascists is that they capitalized on popular leftist movements borrowed their language borrowed policy um, in a very superficial sense and ran with that in order to gain the uh, confidence of the lumpen right and what I hear most is that people are afraid that the next guy who comes after Trump won't be incompetent and will actually have you know have some prior knowledge of how of the workings of government and know how to do the things that trump is just too stupid to know how to do mm. um and that's concerning uh if i don't it, know who it could be people have floated like tom cotton but like nah yeah, that guy I mean, is a charisma i just hope tucker hole. carlson does not run and stays because <laughs> i'm scared of tucker carlson 
You think more... Tucker Carlson has that much clout? Yes. I think he's the, one of the most powerful people in the country. Um, so hopefully I mean, he does not run. I mean, honestly, I'm scared of like pretty much any Republican who's at all competent at this point, because even if they're not charismatic, I think just Trump being an officer four years just sort of showed what one can get away with. Mm. And yeah, I guess like the charisma helps to a large degree, but in a lot of ways, I feel like if, aside from the competence, of course, if Trump just wasn't a charismatic asshole and he just sort of did whatever he was going to do without drawing attention to himself, then it would have been a lot easier to fly under the radar and not, not irk the left at least. So if you got maybe if you got like a, I don't know, like a, a Ted Cruz type out or even just like a Lindsay. Another W. They want another W. Look at how much of their agenda they got done with under W. That's Mm -hmm. like, and look at how much, and look at how he's beloved by the current liberal paradigm, you know? They want another one of those guys who, like, gives the appearance of even though he's as heinous as anything else, you know, he plays by the rules, even though he didn't. So it's weird that he's being rehabilitated. God, I have no idea. But, yeah, Uh, they need another one of those guys. And George W. Bush, you know, he was a populist, too. People talk about, you know, how Trump doesn't come up. But, you know, aspects of Reagan, aspects of GWB aspects of um i don't know who's another comparable guy nixon <laughs> well <laughs> nixon the dirty is, tricks nixon roger is, stone nixon is not is not the same nixon was maybe the last uh republican to be beneficial to working people um in in, in any way i would explain argue. how um i'd have to go back and find um find out what i'm find be to back it up so it was he beneficial? Isn't his I, I like, big I, thing? Not, not like not as much as you know his opponent would have been, but compared mm. to future, compared to Reagan, who I think was where things really started to go wrong in our the country. freedmanization, the complete freedmanization of the economy. Yeah, Nixon was not all bad. I mean, I, he he wanted I, well to protect, <laughs> he was not all bad. He wanted to no. I think protect the steel industry, for instance. Um, and he was not going to go busting all the unions like Reagan did. Hmm. Um, Nixon was has a very bad reputation when he, you know, he because he was like incredibly paranoid and wanted to destroy all the enemies within, uh, <laughs> real or imagined. But he, uh, I think, also genuinely cared about the state of working people in the country, which I don't think any. Republicans after him have, um, except for Trump pretending to in 2016. Um, so um, I don't. Well, yeah, that yeah. was famously Romney's big gaffe was the 2012. He uh, uh, he talked about 47 percent of people pay all the taxes, right? So fuck you, poor people. Right. Uh, we, we we'll see if there are any Republicans who try to do that. Um, yeah, populism. Yeah, Just, I mean, that's... And, you, you, well, you know what you see is, like, um, did you... If you watch any of the debates, uh, Bernie... Uh, 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 Trump keeps bringing up Bernie Sanders, and it's like, yeah, Bernie, Bernie, you shouldn't have alienated Bernie. You lost the left. You lost the left. What are you going to do? He keeps bringing it up because... Um, 
he keeps appealing to this idea of Bernie Sanders as this, weirdly enough, he talks with some sort of reverence, and it's definitely intentional about Bernie Sanders because a lot of people, a lot of uh, people do choose between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump because they see them as the only two people that would materially affect their condition. Bernie with either Medicare for All or Donald Trump with either, you know, some sort of weird right-wing version mm -hmm. of that, or at least lower taxes, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the many things I learned as an economics undergrad that was totally wrong was the, I guess there's this big voting theory that claims that in a two-party system, both candidates sort of have to approach the center because no. you know that the conservative candidate is going to expect everyone on everyone right of them to vote for them whereas the liberal candidate would expect everyone to the left of them to vote for them so the closer you could get to the center the the more people you could kind of get on your side mm -hmm. and trump has shown that that is yeah. total bullshit because he just kind of chases his base and just goes far right and to show them that yeah. okay well that's not actually that's not actually accurate. You can lose people in your base if you go too far to the center. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I guess Biden's just sort of pursuing that again this time around and trying to chase the center. But at least yeah. in that debate, I think Trump was doing a good job of highlighting like, oh, hey, all you people on the left, like Biden isn't looking out for your interest. You should just not vote at all. But, you know, at the same time, I kind of wonder if people on the left would look at that and just vote just to because if that's obviously like what Trump wants, then mm -hmm. you don't want to. I don't think there. people on I hope people on uh, who claim to be on the left are not as stupid as that. But who knows? I don't I don't I don't know personally any of those people. But I mean, I'm sure there are some people. I'm sure there's at least like five people out there who are now not going to vote because Trump yeah. said that. No, more than that. There, Well, I mean, there are people, if you're talking about people on the left who are not going to vote for Biden because he's <laughs> too far to the center, there are, they, that's definitely true. That's good. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think there are Trump people who are mad at Trump for uh, not getting the wall done, um, not locking up Hillary. I was seeing that there was people, Trump supporters, uh, protesting outside of William Barr's house. Uh, like this weekend oh, for not but, locking up Biden right and yeah. Barr had to go out and explain to them that they can't do that uh, was there a story about a Trump bus derailing a Trump convoy yeah. derailing a Biden bus yes oh, yeah 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 and Trump tweeted a video of it saying he loves Texas um, <laughs> in Texas a convoy of pickup trucks with Trump flags swarmed around a the Biden bus, it's unclear if Biden was on it, but it was a Biden campaign bus and basically forced it to pull over. And the people inside the bus called 911. And supposedly <laughs> now the FBI is investigating it. Uh, kind of a Mad Max style precursor. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys think that hypothetically, let's say Biden takes it and it's a clear cut victory, no rat fuckery. Um, do you think that there's going to be lots of political violence around the country from butthurt Trump fans. Mm, 
less than there would be if it were a less decisive victory. But if it's, yeah, if it's a decisive Biden victory, I think that, I, I don't think there's going to be any violence whatsoever. Yeah, but I guess like- if Or it, at least not a significant amount. Right. But if it's at least close, like there's at least enough room for Trump to cast doubt on the election credibly, even if it's bullshit doubt. Yeah, if Trump pulls a Buttigieg mm -hmm. and says like, it's too close to call. I won. <laughs> I think uh, I think if there is, it would be a tactical mistake. Um, how so? Explain I, your reasoning. Well, I think they would be crushed, and Republicans would have a hard time winning in the next election if there were to be any kind of political violence surrounding the election. Because no. uh, there's obviously no way they can do anything, um, and I think it would really look bad. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it would look terrible, but I, I think that's sort of like the nature of this sort of violence that we're seeing is it's pretty, I mean, in some ways, I guess Trump is the ringleader in that he could stand up on a debate stage and sort of wink and nod and be like, stand back and stand by mm -hmm. and people just listen to him. But at the same time, he kind of has plausible deniability in doing that because he could just be like, oh, well, you know, I was just, I was just ribbing them or I didn't mean that. You took my words out of context. Yeah. But then you have all these idiots who are watching them and you know, it's like, yep, we got your message loud and clear, Mr. President. Yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole Pepe fascism thing. That's the whole kayfabe thing because it's like, you can say what reality is and always wink and say, oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I just kidding, you know. Um, and, yeah, I think that's what's amazing about it. When you when you live in a world between reality and unreality, um, you know, you're always Schrodinger's boxing it, you know. You're always inhabiting all worlds at the same time, living in a, some sort of super reality. And that's where Trump is, baby. He's living in all reality. He's 40 chess now. He's not thinking that far ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the main problem I have with people saying that Trump is a genius is because I don't I don't think he's able to really keep all this shit in his head at once and mm. kind of keep track of all the different realities that he's playing. And I think he lives in one reality and it's the one where he is the best and he's always right. And, you know, like in a lot of ways, I think that he's pretty genuine in a lot of the the shit he says like i don't think he's as quite as conniving as a lot of people make him out to be i, I legitimately think that he's just a very stupid person and is sort of just no but he's just yeah. got he's just got that self-promotion talent that god given in the same way that you know norm mcdonald just radiates comedy from himself constantly and can't help it like he's just this furnace of 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 that type of energy like donald trump can't help but self-promote and self-promote effectively mm -hmm. you know he, he just is like this uh going with calvinism again it, he was always going to become president because the goal of in order to become president you just have to keep saying your name over and over and over again like a weird magician <laughs> practicing enochian magic and saying it is the name of Trump, 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 Trump. Put my name in big letters all over the world. Make my sigils to myself. Mm, sigils. And I, you know, will represent that ego mass that people want to become. That 
ma- big American individuated rugged man uh-huh. where you know yeah. uh, my godhead and my name is plastered over everything and that he's is our, what the president is he's our most American president yeah exactly the yeah. president is not like a steward of the country the president is like uh, the the biggest man hmm <laughs> Who is the largest man? We should yeah. just do it based on who the largest guy is, like the, <laughs> like, like some kind of ancient Germanic tribe. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, Beowulf, he is big. <laughs> he is very, very big. Mm-hmm. That would be great. And you see people aggressively trying to get larger in order to become president. Yeah. You know, that would be actually be good. If people did have to work out in order to become president, that would have been a failsafe against... Uh, Against this Trump presidency. Yeah, we got to update the Constitution for more gains. Mm. Got to have more gains. <laughs> so when you say largest president, are we talking height or just total weight? Mass. I'm talking about, I'm talking about met- everything. Mass. It's lar- large in a metaphysical sense as well. Like Lyndon Johnson was a large physically and metaphysically. How, uh-huh. do, you me- how do you measure the, 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 the spiritual largesse? In a unit called blobs. Mm. I don't okay. know. <laughs> Yo, I, I don't you know some people blobs, just so you gotta you gotta quantify this shit oh uh, no you don't have to quantify this is magic baby we're talking about language magic that's everything that's been about nate silver's trying to predict this shit with numbers numbers don't tell you half the game you gotta go into the areas where the sound mouths you know emanate and <laughs> yeah i have no fucking mm. idea what i'm saying but yeah i i think that is a general principle behind I, and how I assert it, how I tie it back with kayfabe and your websites and everything and ritual and endless creation and recreation um, uh, is that uh, you create your own world and then if you insist that it's real enough, then it becomes real. And that is like a forebear of like uh, Alistair Crowley, Black Magic. That it's just uh, an that's, incredibly powerful idea that the just secret. simply saying enough, repeating it enough, <laughs> will make you a god. You know, yeah, Diego um, agrees. And yeah, the insisting that this reality is in fact real, while simultaneously understanding that it is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of. I, I, I at least remember reading one sort of like New York Timesy article right after Trump got elected, talking about how um, to a lot of Trump voters, it's like they definitely kind of understand the game that he's playing, but they don't really care. It's they they just want to kind of root for the heel, and Trump does that job very well. Like in wrestling terms, he I think he at least knows that he's playing the heel. Mm-hmm. And at that, those first Republican debates, he knew exactly what he was doing there. He was the guy who was, you know, he was being the bad guy, but he was being the bad guy in a funny way. And that's how Stone Cold Steve Austin got popular. That's how The Rock got popular. It's, there, there are very few wrestlers that actually got popular by being a goody two-shoes. It was like John maybe, Cena. Yeah, it, it was it was John Cena and Hulk Hogan, maybe. But even, like aside from that, it's like no one no one likes a goody two shoes, especially in today's day and age. And that's why a lot of wrestling fans hate John Cena because yeah. he's fucking annoying. <laughs> oh man, I forgot that The Rock originally started out as a Hotep villain. Yeah. <laughs> 
wasn't he in the Nation of Islam? That's where Farouk also came from. Yeah, he was... I think originally he um, he was trying to ride the coattails of his dad, and he was just one of these like, "Hey, I'm the Rock, and I'm Samoan, and I'm smiling, and look at me." And mm-hmm. that just didn't work at all, and the crowd just kept chanting, "Die, Rocky, die!" at him, <laughs> and then they had him do a heel turn and then he yeah he was in the nation of domination where he was just so even though he's not black he was he played a black he is black he's he's samoan no rocky johnson is a black man his dad is black he's half samoan half black oh yeah you're right he is rocky johnson is canadian he's a black uh he's a black nova scotian of great history there Oh, I didn't know he was Canadian. Oh, you Canadians yeah. know everything about Canadian <laughs> history. Come on, the learn, Rock Ma- has the learn American history. history. Learn American history only, please. And I thought I knew all the Canadian wrestlers that there were. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of them. We we are we are famously uh, proliferate in that community. Yeah, Kenny Omega, Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, classic. Also, he's super spreader at the Sturgis rally. Yeah, so this, this another is, conservative wrestler. This is perhaps the first He's election. He's a Roganite wrestler. This is perhaps the first election where no one can threaten to move to Canada, which <laughs> which is very sad because everyone used to be able to be I'm moving to Canada if if whoever else wins, uh, but the borders are closed. The coronavirus is winning. Uh, we are on the ropes again. You, the UK is on the ropes, locked down for another month. I hope you have a supply of peas and mash. But, but you, what are we going to do? Are we going to lock down again? Can we declare a second lockdown? Was that and in the cards? Probably. It seems like all the all the cards are pointing in that direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going to be longer this time if they want it to stick, but they're not going to make it stick. Maybe yeah. Biden will make it stick. Maybe Biden will just become the most popular president ever by being like, look, man, we're just going to print fucking money, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's actually, like, probably what you have to do. And yeah. I think uh, Andrew Yang is in Biden's supposed uh, future cabinet. Well, so. I just hope they don't You know, do- Biden could not, could very much be the greatest president of all time if he just does, like, a year lockdown with you know and just print just burn money just burn trillions and trillions of dollars well we can only do that up until the point at which we get rid of all of our debt the ubi stuff only works because most people are so we have so much debt that it won't cause inflation because we're just paying down debt and the money never actually pays for a good as far as i'm aware but we could get everyone out of debt for everything there's easily I think. And that would be great. We should definitely print enough money so that no one is in debt. We should have a debt jubilee. I would love that. Yeah, that, debt would, jubilee. that would totally crash the global financial system. And yes, but, yes. But, but we would be fine. It's the ending to Fight Club <laughs> is what you're saying. We just need to do Fight Club. Yeah, Woo! I mean, I think we would, if the, the like, if the world made sense, we would be fine. But I feel like everything is so, like, highly interconnected that we—I'm sure some weird shit would happen where we cannot envision a world outside it. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's like we have the ending of Fight Club, but because of that, a lot of companies just go out of business because they were all like 
doing they had some weird shit going on and some companies are going under and then we hit a major recession and blah 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 yeah well if we have another lockdown we're gonna have companies going out of business anyway i mean it's a if we have another lockdown we i think we we missed one opportunity because we had idiots in the government but if we have to do another lockdown it is a great time to do all of the programs that everyone is like it's going to destroy the economy because uh-huh. the the economy is about is going to be destroyed why not take out the healthcare industry at the same time and implement universal health care if we're, i mean mm-hmm. if we're going to fuck it all up then now's the time yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the frequently national health care systems were implemented in the wake of gigantic disasters. The NHS was implemented mm-hmm. after World War II. Uh, you know, Canada's, uh, the, the beginning of Canada's health care system began after uh, the Winnipeg general strike and labor strife was overtaking uh, the prairie provinces, which motivated old Tommy Douglas to start campaigning for universal health care. You guys got made up history. <laughs> oh yeah, we, oh, we we'll talk about the Red River Rebellion and the Louis Prairie, Riel. the Prairie Provinces, and Tommy Douglas. We got lots of fucked up history. We got residential schools. That's just fucked up. Oh, for the native peoples. Yeah, they steal. They steal the children in the night, like mm. boogeymen. The Canadian like Mounties would go around like boogeymen. Yeah, they children. would just they would just straight up kidnap kids from like from native people would be like, sorry, it's. We can do this. Got to re-educate them to, to yeah, for re-educate can, them for what for Canadian values of saying yeah, so, saying to, sorry. To, yeah, cultural genocide. I mean, it wasn't the cultural genocide wasn't stated. It's like not in the law. It's like oh, we're doing this for cultural yeah. genocide. Well, the Anglo-Saxons did that to the Br- Romano-British peoples in the fourth <laughs> and fifth century, uh, thus thus embarking on a grand tradition of Anglo-Saxon cultural genocide. Uh, yeah. And of course they like only their things yeah th- there's no there's hardly any Celtish words remaining in English uh, pointing to a cultural genocide uh, during the fourth and fifth centuries in Great Britain <laughs> yeah, the, the anglo-saxons are doing China before China was doing China yep mm-hmm. oh my god yeah I'm, Canada I'm, I'm gonna grab is... a, a quick cup of coffee I'll be right back fucked up uh we were talking about the lobster controversy this week i was also alerted to another uh controversy involving indigenous peoples uh, 1492 land back lane caledonia ontario what what was that uh, this is a uh project this is uh, literally a land reclamation project i haven't uh looked too much into it but um they were facing some struggles with the cops because of their supposedly radical views. I don't know what it is, but I know it's called 1492 Land Back Lane, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, 1492 Uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. In 1492, Columbus raped. (laughs) That's, that's That's what the 1619 Project is gonna teach. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go in Columbus's rapes in detail. That's this is the sixteen nineteen project. He raped a thousand six hundred nineteen women. So he, this one was called Shelley. This one was called Becca. This one was called Louise. I don't want you teaching our kids to hate America. Uh, I'm a Columbus. This is Christopher Columbus. <laughs> I am powered by rape. You saw what I do. Hey. 
Did you know it's a Mario? He charges up with a mushroom, but Christopher Columbus he charged up with a rape. Mm. The founders were all very, very catty and an, like kind of annoying. I hope that that's in the sixteen nineteen project at least. How mm-hmm. how catty and annoying they all were. Yeah, they were fops. They were all well. I mean, they weren't they weren't all fops, but they were they were all just obsessed with their reputations. <laughs> Like, who oh, is a how fop? Dare, how dare you, sir? How you okay, said let's I did rate. It. Let's rate the founding fathers on general foppishness. I think that we Hamilton can all is agree. Foppish, foppish number one. Fop number one is Hamilton. Really? I feel he's tied with Jefferson. Uh, no, he's more fop than Jefferson, who comes in at number two. Okay, okay. <laughs> George Washington, not no, a fop. Not a fop. The best not one of them fop. all. He was the. He was the only. <laughs> he's really the only good founding father. Thomas Paine. Um, Thomas Paine, not a founding father. He is a founding father. No, he's not. No, he's not. Count him. Nope. Wait, stupid question. What is a fop? Uh, a fop it's a is dandy. A, a yeah, a dandy, uh, someone who is bourgeois, and you know, a feminist. Wears frilly and, clothes. No, yeah. like knows French opera. Can I quote. See. Can quote French opera. Is like secretly gay. The guy that's you know. beat up at school a bunch who gets bullied for for singing yeah. the, the. Oh no, my ascot! Like for he, I was a fop. He, he's memorized the periodic table with that horrible song about with yeah. all the elements. There's antimony, arsenic, <laughs> aluminum, selenium. Yeah. You, this Gilbert and Sullivan play is quite gay. You know, fop. You know, oh powdered wigs, powdered pubic hair. You know. Thomas Paine was was not a friendly father. He just wrote he just wrote some art. He was just a journalist. Yeah, he was fake news. Use you, your fake. Yeah. He did. R- related question: Which president do you guys think had the best facial hair? There are very few presidents mm. with facial hair. Didn't uh, Martin Van Buren have the chops? He Martin Van Buren had the chops. After wait, no, there are very few modern presidents. No modern president has facial hair. When did it stop becoming a thing? I guess like um, uh, the last president with facial hair was uh, Taft. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Taft. Mm, yeah, I thought it was Roosevelt, but there's. A, did Roosevelt have a term after Taft? I think. No, you're thinking of Grover Cleveland, who. No. Let's look. I had, think Teddy Roosevelt had a, had a no or did he? Let me let's look it up. I was looking up yeah. the, the president. So, so yeah, it's, at some point, hey, facial hair. There is a fantastic Wikipedia page called List of Presidents of the United States with Facial Hair. <laughs> and apparently there are 27. Van Buren, for my money, has the best. Cause he, because of the chops. Well, it's not just because of the chops, but also because he's uh, he's pretty bald. So he just has like pretty massive tufts of hair just on the side of his head, but none on the top or the bottom. Mm. Yeah, Taft was after Roosevelt, and Taft was the last one with facial hair. He has a sick mustache. Yeah, Chester A. Arthur had a pretty sick mustache. That's Lincoln true. facial hair—it sucked, frankly. Ooh. It was a bad beard. How dare you? How I didn't dare like you, it. sir? Take it back. Take it. It's back iconic, right though. It's okay. Iconic things suck all the time, like uh, uh, the Shawshank Redemption. First president with facial hair, John Quincy Adams. A good president, uh-huh. un- unfairly maligned. He was, uh, yeah, he was famously anti-interventionist, anti-war, a lot of good stuff. Mm, yeah, well, I think Zachary Taylor had the lamest facial hair. 
Which? What was he? He was the hottest president, wasn't he? I guess he just has like kind of long sideburns and a little, a little on the chin. Yeah. No, okay, I'm confusing him with Franklin Pierce. Franklin Pierce was famously the like a very attractive man, mm. but a bad president. All presidents yeah. are bad presidents. A lot They're of them. All bad. They were. I'm finding out a lot of them were pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I mean, what can you do? You know, I, I feel like it's a it's a hard job. Yeah, you get you get blamed for a lot of stuff that you don't really have any control over. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I think it's very uh, you can absolutely blame Trump for COVID deaths. That's totally his fault. That shit requires a federal response or at least a, a more uh, a more a certain directive than anything that his administration put out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the you know I'm not always in favor of a centralized government plans, but the one thing that I think everyone can agree on is that when you have a pandemic, you need a centralized government. Having 50 different plans for 50 different states is not going to work. Uh. Yeah, and I remember like even at the beginning of the pandemic, hearing Cuomo talking about how the federal government was actively making things worse. Mm-hmm in some ways in terms of like bidding on pieces of equipment that the states needed and just not really allocating it appropriately. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about today was Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> you mean the most outstanding, upstanding journalist. The smartest journalist on the, the planet. The bravest and coolest and most the most, biggest dick having yeah. the, the big brazilian boy topper um, is uh, going to <laughs> yeah apparently he has had to uh, go from making 500,000 a year at the intercept to now only 300,000 a year not oh no yeah. oh no uh well yeah glenn greenwald who you know we make fun of but i he's a historically important journalist who's done a lot of good in the past but recently, he's had this turn where um, he's gone Michael Tracy wing, where he's like, I'm still left wing, but these PC cucks have gone too far. Right. Yeah. So, um, and the varying sides from it, um, and there's a real schism on left Twitter about this. Uh, some people are, are siding with Glenn. Some people saying it's like a labor issue because Glenn technically is an employee of The Intercept. And that his editors were trying to circumvent his contract. Uh, and other people are saying that Glenn Greenwald has gotten too big for his britches. His head's gotten very big, and he believes he doesn't require any oversight. And that's the position that the editorial staff were taking. They were saying, we didn't want to spike his fucking Joe Biden story. We just wanted to edit it slightly. And Glenn Greenwald was like, no, nah, they want to fucking spike this shit. They wanted to edit it beyond all meaning. And I have lost control over the publication I helped co-found. And it doesn't represent my ideals anymore. Uh, so he is. F- it's also no coincidence that uh, he went on Joe Rogan the like a couple of days before that to just talk about his general vibe. Um, and he's obviously beloved by the Joe Rogan crowd because the Joe Rogan crowd loves conspiracies. So, and they like Edward Snowden, who did a real life conspiracy, and hence they like Glenn Greenwald because he's he's their guy. He's they feel they can trust him. He's very trusted amongst a certain type of can't trust Glenn Greenwald. He only released twelve percent of what Snowden had and gave the rest to a very rich guy. 
<laughs> there you go. So we don't really know what was out, what else was in the uh, Snowden leaks because a really rich guy has it, and he's not saying. There you go. Another problematic aspect of Glenn. Uh, the other thing uh, that's it's funny to note is there's. I think we talk about this wing of the party, the Strasserites, you know, the Red Scare people, Michael Tracy, Joe Rogan to some degree, where they do kind of also represent that weird nexus between populism and right-wing ideology. Um, Left-wing populism and right-wing ideology. You know, they're, they appeal so much to... Um, class reductionism that it's like you know we need to accept social conservatism in order to have true class solidarity with these people that we're trying to get into our party you know mm -hmm. and i think that's that's where gg is going it seems yeah well i he can't i mean he's like uh he's like socially neoliberal fiscally um I don't even know what he is. It's he, He's like a contrarian. Yeah, he just seems... Well, he seems like generally anti-authoritarian, I suppose, but also pro-authoritarian sometimes. Is he pro-pandemic authoritarian? Yes! I mean, he's living in I don't in, know. I don't know all Brazil. of his positions on everything. Just, I feel like where you, wherever you live, you stick to... If you're a journalist, you stick to the country you live in's politics. If you're a journalist, mm -hmm. so we should just stick to Brazil. Here's here's what I'm saying. Glenn Greenwald has joined the Bullet Club. <laughs> Glenn Greenwald has joined the Bullet Club, and I think that reference is apt. Um, who is the who is the fella that joined the Bullet Club? The short wrestler that tried to make it as a face, but then. Uh, no, he didn't join as the Bullet Club. He joined as the Outlaw. You know who I'm talking about. New Japan Pro Wrestling, Steve. Give me a name. Mm, short Ken guy. Kenny Omega joined the Bullet Club. Because right. Kenny Omega tried to make it as a face. Uh, but he was always with his... Uh, who is who is his partner? Kota Ibushi. Yeah, Kota Ibushi is the Golden Lotus. So we had Glenn Greenwald. And, you know, he's always trying to live up to his, his idol... I don't know, Sam Cedar, <laughs> the Kota Ibushi of leftism. <laughs> no, no. But, uh, yeah, he's joining the dark side of the left. It's, the dark side. It all kind of started because Twitter blocked the New York Post from publishing this story about Hunter Biden. Um, or blocked the New York Post from posting it, not from publishing it. New York Post can publish it on its own website. Uh, and then Glenn Greenwald wanted to write a story about Hunter Biden being uh, at the corruption, the Biden corruption, the, the Biden crime family. Um, it's, but it's so it's also so weird for a Lula guy who's like who doesn't care about you know the regular everyday corruption of politicians to suddenly be on about Biden, whose corruption is very much regular and everyday. It's not. It is not more particular like Hillary. That's the thing about Hillary Clinton is she was unusually corrupt. Like she she did have way more skeletons in the closet than a lot of her other political compatriots, you know, and a lot of that did her in. Um, it's it's weird to me. I mean, it's not that weird. Any chance they have to do a to make a First Amendment stand, they'll take because it's always it's always a you always get some publicity out of it um like matt taibbi's been on the same 
on the same shtick with like you know he's a totally against any form of press censorship um and libel laws in the united states are pretty easy going compared to other countries so i don't i guess they're worried that we might go the route of europe where you can really be prosecuted more easily for saying untrue things Hmm. Or saying libel. Actually, it doesn't have to be. That's the. That's one of the big differences. I think in Europe, you, it can be true, what you're saying. But if it's with malicious intent, then they can prosecute you. Whereas in America, uh, it, it's. It, I don't. I don't know. There's some difference where it's more no, strict. No, no. In, it has in, to in be Europe. where it has to be a, an explicitly false statement or something. Yeah, I think here it has to be explicitly false. Whereas in Europe, it has to be like just malicious is enough. Well, that was a big fear of because Donald Trump famously in a run up to campaign said, we're going to open up those libel laws. Mm -hmm. We're going to open them up. And there was worried that he would be a free speech assassin. Um, And I guess, you know, Glenn Greenwald, he might be vaguely right wing, but he's definitely not pro Trump, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he I don't know, because it, it seems like he's trying to kill. He's trying to hurt Biden with this story. So I'm not um, super he could su- just have Assange politics where he's like tear it all down. Yeah. Well, maybe move back to move back to this country if you're going to tear it all down. Mm. So <laughs> living in yeah. living in your in your Brazilian um, gated community. Yeah. I think he'd probably have a better time in America. Yeah. He is being hunted a lot. Yeah. I well, mean, well, I don't. I don't know much about him, but given what you've outlined, to me it just seems like a typical like workplace dispute type thing, and it's just some guy who just wants to forward his career, and he doesn't really even care about politics. Because I know that you know sometimes at work I get into spats with people, and even if I, I like, I often find myself arguing against things I actually believe in just because. Um, in the middle of an argument and I get pissed off at someone right. and <laughs> it, it's, it sounds like that could easily be the case here where maybe he's he's pro Biden or something and he got this story and just as a career opportunist was like okay this is my beat just pulling all this shit and last time around in 2016 there was this big story against hillary that came at the last second and that swung the election so i want to be that guy that is good for my career and maybe his editors were like well you know this isn't totally kosher and he was like oh fuck you guys i'm just gonna i'm gonna get out of here i'd hope glenn greenwald was more than just a rank careerist but i think that's a pretty likely explanation i I endorse (laughs) that explanation as well i think it's it's probably what's going on uh yeah, it, it it is. Yeah, it does. Even from the details of it, I think you've gotten it, when you do read the details, it does feel much more of a personal vendetta than an ideological one. And both sides are trying to paint it as an ideological one when really it just seems as like you edited my story. I didn't like it. And my contract says this. No, but the contract actually says this. Fuck you. I started this place. Fuck you. You made us run it, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like he's just gonna have to start a new, uh, new, even more free and in, in independent journalism thing. Well, well, yeah, I'll tell you what, I didn't know who the guy was before all this shit started, so it's great publicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy that Snowden went to with the Snowden mm. stuff. 
That's his climb to farm. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna. Him and Tim Pool are gonna start at their own yeah. media company. And Michael, and Michael Tracy. Yeah, him, Michael Tracy, Tim Pool, Joe Rogan, Barry Weiss, no, Joe Andrew is, Sullivan, Joe Rogan Thomas a, Chatterton Williams. Joe, Joe Rogan's a class above all these jokers. He's making sixty million a year now. Mm. Uh, as long as the Spotify employees don't freak out too much. I don't know. I think that's gonna. That <laughs> so, shit is gonna really so, bite him in the ass. So funny. I think it's. Uh, uh, well, Did, yeah. I mean, it, the thing is, is that he's kind of got Spotify in a bind because, like, he's just going to keep doing what he's doing, and if they break his contract, they're going to have to pay him out the the rest of what they owe him. And they, yeah. they, he's got a $60 million contract, and I, as long as in the contract it's like I can have my the guests that I want on, then, you know, the episodes with uh, Alex Jones get released on other platforms. It's on my phone it's on podcast addict i get i got that one uh you can't censor that so i don't think he gives a shit what spotify does i like mm-hmm. jo- i like joe rogan uh yeah well joe rogan seems like an actual person you know he doesn't he's talking about rank careerists you know i guess he's even his attempts at self-promotion you know they don't seem like they don't seem horrifying or you know filled with rancor or malice or a will to power like say donald trump's attempts at self-promotion are you know yeah, or no, he's, just, West. Uh, he's just a guy that likes smoking weed and asking important mm-hmm. questions and watching mma yeah yeah. Be, yeah and because he just yeah he doesn't evince that and in the same way that all the even like glenn greenwald evinces a will to power uh, fucking who else were to Barry Weiss event will to power right. you know lady you know Joe Rogan that's has what like separates a, Rogan from all of them Joe Rogan has a very like good will towards all people sort of vibe um, mm-hmm. that I except is, for trans athletes is, well <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that uh, uh, no that's the thing he always man don't you hate it when fucking like people you know uh, people who are born men you know enter women's sports you know that's the thing that he always brings up well he's a sports bro i mean the obvious answer to that is that like competition is stupid but the (laughs) the sports bros love competition it's like yeah all sports are dumb why do you care about this i came in fake fake sports are the best athletes Look, it's just wrestling. It's like wrestling. Just make it unisex somehow. You know, you have male wrestlers beating up women wrestlers, women wrestlers beating up male wrestlers. Here's what you do with MMA. You just make it weight-based. Here, problem solved. It's easy It's easy with boxing. You can just go by weight. Yeah, there, I mean, solved your problem, Rogan. So in like, and I think it's mainly a problem in like high school sports. Yeah. Uh, it's really not going to be as big of a problem. But me, me I don't know. Who... Uh, I don't. I don't care. The Olymp- like. I don't. No watch one cares about. It. We got off on this, but the point is that the trans athletes issue is something that it actually. I will speak on this a little more because trans athletes is something that you can tell a person has malice, has trans, has slight transphobic malice if they if they bring it up a little too much, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like it's this very very narrow sector of this issue, but people laser focus on it because it's like it's. Uh, supposedly confusing. Yeah, I mean the the issue it can get into an issue when you get into scholarships when there's like yeah, some but we shouldn't have sports guys. College should be free. <laughs> well, well, yeah, oh, that was the communist. Yeah, what are you a 
communist? I am a communist. Maybe, I said it in this episode. Maybe, I'm a what, what, should toilet paper? Should food be free? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're coming. We're coming to the. We're coming to the close. I want to say some things. Uh, Ronamerch.co. 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 Uh-huh. Ronamer, buy a wonderful House of Decline merchandise. I need a new mask. Don't you need yeah. a new mask? So, Don't so, you need soon a new we're going to be uh, stocking House of Decline masks. House oh of Decline God. mask. Get your get your branded House of Decline mask. For the one, with my jism. For the one-year anniversary of coronavirus coming this March, House of Decline mask. Yes. Yes. That should be our deadline. I'm going to give you a hard deadline of March 17th, 2021. It's going to be the one-year anniversary of coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, smells like an anniversary to me. Oh, man. Uh, I can't smell anything. So final election (laughs) predictions. You said 305, Stephen. Yeah, 305 to whatever the... Whatever that means, three or five for the Biden. other one. Yeah, yeah. or three. Depending, I don't know if he's going to win uh, a, an electoral vote in Nebraska or lose one in Maine. So I'm going to say it's either three or five or three or four for Biden. Final, final count. Yeah. I haven't done my electoral count, but I think it's going to be. I think Trump is going to win the popular and electoral. Okay, so he's going to win, sweep the Midwest, and get Florida. So you're going. I don't have a. A hard number, but if we're doing under over here, it sounds like 305 is the the midpoint. And Alex, you're going under. I'm gonna go over. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're you're anticipating a decisive Biden victory. Uh, I don't know if it'll be that decisive, but to I go think... over 305, he would need to win like Florida or like win all of Pennsylvania. He would or Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin. You know, 305 includes him winning Pennsylvania, and it actually includes him winning Arizona, but not winning Florida, not winning Georgia, not winning North Carolina, even. Oh, interesting. So, Does he win Virginia? That's yes, a big uh, one. Yes, yes, yes. He's Ooh. definitely going to win Virginia. Virginia's a blue state now. Uh, well, two Bidens and a trump wait I wait, think... wait 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 i need to click through my uh 538 simulator <laughs> click math. through your sim with uh... click through your nate silver sim he gets uglier every fucking year yeah <laughs> yeah he's got Sorry, a pic, he's nate. got a he's got a pic a, a beautiful picture of uh, himself in his attic mm. <laughs> he's mm. a he's a reverse he's doing a reverse uh, dorian gray there you go hmm. actually i'm gonna go under i changed my I changed my my bet. Oh shit. Okay. I'm gonna go with two uh two eighty one. Two eighty one. Probably not gonna pick up mm. some of those Midwest states that you or yeah, might not pick up No, he's you're right, it's pick up Virginia. I mean, there, pick up Virginia. there are some, if there's just a couple of polling errors, there are some very scary situations that could happen where Trump wins 270 and Biden wins 268. Like, mm-hmm. um, if Biden, Biden can win Pennsylvania, but if there's a polling error in Wisconsin and a polling error in Arizona and M- Maine, he, Trump wins the, that one, that's kind of it, you know? Yeah. I think that's very possible. It's, Thank it's you possible. for providing my rationale, Stephen. Yeah, no, I mean, if I think if Trump wins, it's by a very close margin. Oh, yeah. But all he needs is that base. All he needs is that Nazi base. Yeah. No, they're not Nazis, but close. 
They're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the more interesting thing is going to be uh, if he can eke out a win, how specifically he does it. Because I feel like at this point, it's like a little difficult to kind of dig into the legalities of how one can rat fuck their way into a victory because it hasn't happened yet. And I'm sure there are a million ways from Tuesday that he could do it. Yeah, but and I, one third of the federal judiciary is is a, a Trump appointee now. So, as long as they have a favorable judge, the rat fucking could go off uh, pretty well. Yeah, I I think uh, there is an elaborate rat fucking system, and that's why I'm placing my bets on old Donny T. It's going to be uh, the worst Groundhog Day on Earth. Yeah. Four more years of winter. Four more years of coronavirus and Trump. Oh, God. Yeah. But, you know, if it doesn't turn out that way, I'm going to be very pleasantly surprised. I am going with 290. That's my final mm. Final. Yeah. You're putting number. I've clicked through the whole thing, and it's coming at Biden at 290. So hey. he's, he's winning Arizona in your thing and all of Maine, right? Mm. Uh, he's losing the second district, but I guess the big thing is like he's going to win. I think he's going to win Pennsylvania, and yeah. a lot of it's going to probably hinge on on that. Man, Pennsylvania is so important, and we're not going to know it for a week probably. Mm. Yeah, sucks. We are going to know quickly on the day of the election. We will know Florida and North Carolina most likely because they are mm. allowed to count before the election starts, but. For the crucial state of Pennsylvania and Michigan, we will not know until Friday, most likely. Yeah, and I guess if he wins Florida, then it's probably over at if, that point. Yeah, if Biden wins Florida, it's pretty much over. Um, mm -hmm. But I, oh, I please let him win Florida. I, I don't think he will. Uh, no, that's Trump country. The yeah. the exact type of people that would love Donald Trump are in Florida. That's why Mar-a-Lago is there. Yeah. The most American people. <laughs> yeah, but you have a lot of uh, former felons voting in this election. No, you don't, actually. You don't. They instituted a poll tax, the Republicans oh. in Florida. And they've made it so. And then, so the, the poll tax is that the felons have to pay a certain amount to, like, do something. And in order to figure out how much it is, it's apparently very hard and complicated. So the... Uh, felons being able to vote is not is not totally a hundred percent. Was it well? Uh, wasn't Bloomberg gonna just like throw a boatload of money at paying yeah. off a lot of? Well, he I saw that he threw a hundred million dollars at ads in Florida. I don't think he did it for felons to be able to vote. Um, let me see if there's <laughs> any news. What's all Bloomy doing? Um, yeah, no, it, it's still, let's see, as of six hours ago, there was a ruling uh, that that felons are supposed to be allowed to cast regular ballots, not provisional, but there is, let's see, from the, this is from three weeks ago, uh, I'll have to do more info. Is but, the idea that felons are going to vote for Biden? Yeah, that's the uh, idea. I think overwhelmingly they probably would. I mean, they might. <laughs> they're people. They're we, not fellas. We didn't get to uh, talking about Lil Wayne. Uh, oh yeah, Lil Weezy. Lil Wayne. Class solidarity. Lil, Lil, That's all I'm Lil saying. Lil Wayne meeting with the prez. 
Uh, that, yeah, it's very surprising because Mrs. Officer was his ode to Kamala Harris. I don't think it is surprising. One of the first things I thought about when Trump ran was just how many hip-hop songs refer to Trump as like a totem of um, pinnacle of American uh, success. Mm. We'll see if the Kanye West spoiler happens. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be funny if it did. Yeah. Kanye 2020. That's what we vote for. It's going to be Kanye. Yeah. 2020 Kanye West. Good night, everybody. RonaMerch.co. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thank you.